Well, the libertarian joke is that only the government could break both of your legs and then hand you a crutch and say, see, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be able to walk. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Everybody and welcome on back to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, which you can find right here each and every Monday as I bring you interviews like the one you're going to hear today, as well as the occasionally chaotic and raucous roundtable discussions, such as the one you heard last week when we welcome back our semi-annual, annual-ish feature, the Liberty Draft. Had a great time bringing in some new teams. We got JB and Howie both fielding teams in a six-man Liberty Draft that will be taking place over the course of the coming months. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is the Liberty Draft? Well, all you have to do is go tick back in your podcast feed or go over to last week's show, episode 377, which you can find over at lionsofliberty.com slash 377 Give it a listen and hear all about it. But today, I'm going to bring on a guest that I've been wanting to bring on for a while. He's been one of the great sponsors of our show. Actually, the first sponsor to ever come onto the show almost five years ago. A guy by the name of Jeff Cantor, who I have known for several years since that time. And uh, a lot of people have been asking me about the program that Jeff currently runs, Health Excellence Plus, and a lot more of the details. And I, kn- I realized that there was just a lot about health insurance to dig into. So I really want to tap into Jeff's expertise as someone who's worked in the industry for over 30 years. So I'm bringing him on in just a bit. But first, I do want to remind you about a couple things. Of course, we have two other shows here on the Lions of Liberty podcast feed. We've got myself, as I mentioned, here on Mondays with the flagship show. We then have Brian McWilliams bringing you his weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty every single Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land. And congrats to Brian for just surpassing 100 episodes of that show. A much welcome addition to the Lions of Liberty podcast. A little extra dose of brevity and nonsense in the middle of the week. Never really hurt anybody. And of course, we have John Odie Odermatt wrapping things up on Fridays with his hard-hitting weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Fridays. You get all these podcasts for the price of one, and that price is free just by clicking that subscribe button on iTunes, on Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. I don't really care how you listen as long as these Lions of Liberty roars are being delivered directly into your earbuds three times a week. And of course, if you're thirsting for even more content, consider supporting us on Patreon and joining the Pride for as little as $5 a month to get access to loads of exclusive bonus audio content. But you can worry about that later. For now, let's get to today's guest. My guest today has over 30 years experience in the health insurance industry. He is the co-founder of Health Excellence Plus, one of our earliest sponsors and a company that has become an industry leader in the realm of free market medical cost sharing. We're going to talk a lot more about exactly what that is in a minute. Very pleased to welcome back my good friend, Jeff Cantor. Jeff, are you ready to roar? I am ready to rock and roar with you, Mark. All right, Jeff. And uh, as I mentioned there, you've been a longtime sponsor of the show. You first, you're actually the first sponsor we ever had. You actually went out of your way to reach out to the show way, way on in the early days as you were looking for uh, kind of platforms to talk about this uh, to many people at the time and probably still now, this newer model of medical cost sharing, which I think became much more popular after the implementation of Obamacare when a lot of people were seeing, including myself, were seeing their, their health insurance that, that might have been somewhat affordable, maybe more expensive than they wanted 
it to be, uh, suddenly drastically get much more expensive and uh, you know have much higher deductibles. And this all came about, uh, obviously the problems go a lot further back than Obamacare, but the implementation of that bill certainly seemed to exacerbate a lot of the problems. And we will try to dig a lot deeper today into why those problems have come about over the years uh, through your view as someone who's been in the industry for so long. But first, I want to start about with uh, your sort of philosophical and political background, because you are a libertarian as well. That's how you came upon the show. So how did that all begin for you? How did you first get interested in the ideas of liberty? Well, that's rather interesting, and everybody has their own journey there. And I oftentimes, most people figure out that they've already been libertarian their whole life. They just didn't know to put that label on it. You're kind of born that way in certain respects. And many are kind of close to it. We just kind of womb over a little bit. But for me, I was kind of young and foolish and out and lucked up and was in a business where I was making a, quite a bit of money. And I kind of fancied myself an investor. And, and this was at a time when the market was going up and up and up and up. And it seemed like it would never end. And I never lived long enough to have experienced downturns in the market. So I figured, oh, this is great. I'll just make a ton of money. I'll make more money investing than I'm making to going to work. And I subscribed to every kind of investment newsletter in the Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily, and everything. But then all of a sudden, the market started to tank. And I began to lose money all of a sudden, and I was giving up all my paper earnings. And all, lo and behold, all these publications that have been so good at helping me make money were no longer making money. In fact, their recommendations were terrible, except for one newsletter of all of them was still making me money. Trends and Forecasts by a fellow named Dr. Mark Skousen. Uh -huh. A lot of people know who he is, maybe his listeners. He's also the founder of Freedom Fest, which is in its 10th anniversary in Las Vegas. It's a great meeting of libertarian minds and so on. And in the one article in 1988, he was actually pontificating about something that had nothing to do with investing, but he said, if you want to keep all this money that I've helped you make, then it's imperative that you vote for Dr. Ron Paul, who's the libertarian presidential candidate. And I'm like, who's that guy and who are they? <laughs> Especially in 1988, which is right. pre-internet. So in this little thing, you can send away for, with a money order for 25 bucks and get a copy of the LP News. And I got that thing and I started going through it and it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, I'm loving this stuff. This is great. Who knew this was even happening? And I see, and I'm in Ohio, I see that there's going to be a state convention and that's when the party was only on like 20 some state ballots, so very little, um, nearby me in Toledo. And I said, oh, I'm going to go to that. And I go and there's like a dozen people there. It was like really lightly attended. And there were a couple of speakers. And then one of the speakers was Jacob Hornberger or Bumper Hornberger is oftentimes called. And he's a founder of the Freedom of um, Future Freedom Foundation, which is a great libertarian think tank. And this was before he'd even founded that. And he was going to be the speaker. Well, he got up there and gave this speech that everyone went from laughing to crying to having to break out a bunch of Kleenex to laughing. And, and we all walked away completely blown away. And all I knew was I was in the room with the smartest people that lived in Ohio, <laughs> for sure. And just the more you got immersed into it, the more that, you know, I understood. I believed in a lot of it already just inherently and a lot of it's very commonsensical. But then, you know, you start to read the, the lions of liberty the Ayn Rands of the world, the Milton Friedmans, you know, all these Hayek and, and all the rest of this, Mises and the, and the like. And you really began to understand that this is a very intellectual bunch. And 
the, the realities of the way the world works, the idea that there is no such thing as utopia, so how do we get the most profitable place for everyone to succeed, that you know, the grand American experiment was obviously the greatest so far, although it's been tampered with a bunch, sure. attempt to make that happen. And so for me, it became important, you know, everyone's trying to give back to their community and, you know, to give back a little charity here and there is always wonderful, but, you know, to help a few people get a, a meal or something is not going to make a lot happen. You need to plan a much, much bigger canvas. And the libertarians were trying to do that. And it became important to try to get more like-minded people, like, you know, promoting what you're doing and you're kind of promoting what we're doing and so on, because as we can affect an actual libertarian conversation and libertarian solutions because it all sounds great on paper but where is it actually working in the world kind of a thing and so for what we're able to do at least in the medical sphere is to create a libertarian solution that actually works and exposes the people to the idea that there is an alternative option and lo and behold you know what it costs a lot less money <laughs> and everyone's a lot happier like Ron Paul used to say, if you're doing politics and there isn't music, young people, and you're not happy, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's darn right. And that's why we like to have a lot of fun here at Lions of Liberty. And we try to inform as well as entertain because, you know, at the end of the day, who, who wants to be bored? <laughs> it's uh, not a very good thing, though. Boring, you got yeah, time for boring not. down the road. Not today. Right. And that's also why I like talking to people like yourself, um, people that are heavily involved in certain industries such as the medical industry with yourself more so with the insurance side of things over the years because not only do you have that knowledge coming from the libertarian standpoint but you've been there on the ground seeing the changes over the years and years and seeing firsthand all of the problems caused by interventions of the government can you sort of think back to when you first came into the insurance health insurance industry and like what kind of changes you have seen that have taken place since then like what what was insurance like when you first entered the industry 30 years ago compared to now? What are some of the biggest differences? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting too, because before I was really that immersed in being libertarian, you know, I just had the insurance activity going on as a way to make a living. And I had been involved in a number of sales ventures in years prior, but they all sort of kind of ran their course. And a bunch of people said, you know, you should get into insurance because it has stability to it. You know, people may drive hover cars one day, but they're still going to get insurance on them. So, you know, that made a lot of sense as to being in something that was trendy and came and went. And then the next thing, you're, you're looking for the next thing to be marketing type of mentality. And I didn't know any better. And so insurance seemed like, to me at the time, the only game in town. And as I became more knowledgeable, I became kind of like lost my enamor of it. So now I'm sort of selling it just because I can make a living, but I don't like what I'm selling it. The more I understood what it was and how it worked and so on, it's like, you know, I was one of the enablers out there. And at the beginning, you know, you did have underwriting. So some people that had bad health couldn't get it. And, you know, the, the sad reality was that it was, and this is so tough because we're talking about people, but, you know, when your house is on fire, you can't call up Allstate and say, hey, I'd like to get some homeowner's insurance. And, oh, by the way, the house is on fire. and needs to come over here. It's a quarter million dollars to rebuild it. But here's my $280 premium. Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense. But that's kind of the way the health insurance world was working. And, and like you said, it was expensive. But, you know, it wasn't so crazy expensive to compare to everything else that you would buy. But people wouldn't buy it until they got sick. Well, that's the equivalent of calling up when the house is on fire. So why do you think the premiums were so high so quickly? Because everybody that got cancer showed up, but everybody that was healthy didn't want to buy it. So, you know, and that's the whole idea why how auto insurance and everything else works is everyone has it and only a small percentage have accidents, but the price is low because everybody has it, which keeps the price down. 
But when only sick people have it, guess what? Premiums are thousands of dollars a month because that's all you're paying for is the money's not coming in fast enough to cover the fast enough as the bills come in. But then that's the other fallacy of it too. You think for homeowners, the price is relatively low. So it's a pretty good return on investment if my house does burn down. But with health insurance, I'm paying a very high premium and I have a high deductible. So my investment in it is high. My exposure is still high. And what am I really doing? I'm prepaying for a large incident that probably won't occur. Because for most people, health insurance ends at the age of 65, and that's when you go on Medicare and Social Security and you start getting a Medicare Advantage plan or you know Medicare supplement policy. Well, guess what? When do you think most people have heart attacks and have major illnesses? Over or under 65 years old? I would suppose it's, over. Yeah, like like 99% of them. So everybody that's 30 years old and 40 years old is paying for some heart attack that they're, ne- they're prepaying for it. Thousands of dollars a month, year after year. And all they do is get the casual checkup from their doctor or whatever, the odd colonoscopy. And they've spent like tens of thousands of dollars for that privilege. And then they leave health insurance and go on Medicare. And then they have their heart attack. What would happen to all that money? So the reality of the way the world really works in the real world is you pay as you go. When I want to go eat dinner tonight, I pay at the restaurant right now. I don't prepay six years in advance a bunch of money for uh, a bunch of meals, maybe 100 meals at that restaurant, and I only ever end up having two. And so that's the fallacy of the health insurance world and what made me understand and move away from that and kind of drift into that more libertarian practical common sensical solution is that you build in a mechanism which used to be long time ago even before I got in the business when you bought hospitalization insurance so when the doctor would come to your home which is what they would do you paid him with some money or you gave him a pie or whatever you did <laughs> you know what I mean or go no, I, I laugh but I'm sure I know that the relationships were so informal back in the day that I'm sure sometimes doctors were paid in pie. They were friends yeah. of the family. They come over. Here's a piece of pie. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, or here's a cake of pie home for the family. I make you a bunch of food because they're a farmer, and that's what they can pay with. You know, It's almost like barter. And then you always had this little insurance policy, no different like having homeowners. What if I end up in the hospital? So you bought hospitalization insurance, and it was really inexpensive. And people bought it when they weren't. Ill. So there was no concern about pre-existing conditions or any of those types of issues for the most part, because that wasn't people were smart enough to buy that stuff because it was cheap enough to get it like you should have. Like more people had life insurance days of your than have life insurance today. You know, you, you saw like on It's a Wonderful Life and all those old movies, you know, and they're borrowing money for their life insurance and stuff. So it, the world was a lot different financially. But as we decided that health insurance is going to pay for everything. So if we're using that homeowner's equivalency, I'm going to have a health insurance policy that mows the lawn and trims the hedges and cleans the windows and takes the leaves out of the gutter. And so I tell me, what do you think if there was such a policy? What do you think that that would cost a month to have such a policy? plowed the snow and whatever else it needed it would cost so much money that no one would buy it because it would be ridiculous especially if the law said you had to pay to plow the snow uh in the summer because that's kind of the equivalent of the the kinds of things that are in place now with uh, yeah well because they've only got one size fits all mentality so it's good for everyone in the country all year round everybody's the same you know that type of mentality and that's what they come up with 
And that's why no one seems to like it. You think one person would like it, but no one seems to like it because one thing's bad for this person, which is good for the other, but bad for me. And, you know, that type of mess as opposed to doing what's good for you and good for your doctor. Because in the reality, when it comes to the health world, there's only two important people, you and your health care provider. Anything else is adding to the cost and getting in the way. <laughs> so in a perfect world, it's you and your doc. So with the, what we built around that mentality to move away from the insurance being in the middle of everything, doc, you're only going to get this money. Patient, you have to pay this much. You only get to go to this doc. You can't cross this state line. You can't do this. I mean, everything is about what you're not allowed to do. And what you are allowed to do is very little. And whenever you try to do it, it costs a fortune because you got to hit your $10,000 deductible or whatever. So they've made the thing so unusable. And for the doctors, a lot of them have said, you know what? I don't need that kind of junk in my office. So I've got a lot of people with normal you know, insurance that's kind of like the old school a little bit before the Affordable Care Act came along. So I'm going to keep a chunk of them. I got some Medicare people in here and I'm going to limit my Affordable Care Act patients to 10. So you're luck, you're number 11. So you can buy the thing and then there's nowhere to go use it. So it's got so many insidiousness as to what's happened to it. So the reality was to say, how do we get everybody out of the picture? How do we get back to the original when everything worked great? When I saw the doctor, we spent as much time as it took. We sat with each other. We both looked in each other's eyes and we had a heartful conversation. I didn't get my only 15 minutes. I said hello and they start typing in their laptop for, for 15 minutes south. Then they throw me out of there. Next, you know, how did that happen? So the reality is you just really need to let the doctor do what they're designed to do is be a doctor. That is literally how it goes, by the way. I, I I don't go to the doctor that often. I go maybe once a year for a checkup just because, and that's how it goes. I come in, the doctor whips out his laptop, asks me a series of questions, barely looks at me, and I move along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you're speaking too long, they're going to have a meeting with the administrator to say that they need to work on their efficiency because they're spending too much time with people. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, let's say is a good example. You're in there for your free checkup. And ideally, a checkup from the, from the Affordable Care Act or for many major medical providers is a list. Doc, a checkup, which is this code, are the following five things you do to the patient. But meanwhile, you as a patient think, oh, the doc wants to know how I'm doing. Hey, I got this thing on my elbow over here, this funny look of Mark over here. Oh, that's not on his list of five things. Now you're getting a bill. And then, oh, I thought I was here for my free checkup. Well, but you, so that's why the whole thing doesn't match up to reality. So a normal doctor that wants to treat the whole person and, and have a relationship with you, want to spend the quality time with you, they, but they want to get paid. So I've heard so often from doctors that they'll, oh, Mark's got this issue, so I'll order some dopey test he doesn't really need so I can get some money, and then I'll go treat whatever he's got to do or what I need to talk to him about because I can't charge him or get paid for that part of what I want to do here. Right. So it's, it's just very artificial what's taking place. And Jeff, one thing I, I run into a lot when describing the kind of conversation that we're having and all the problems with the current medical industry and, and its relationship to insurance um, is that people will say, well, that's the free market. That's why the free market is a problem. That's why we need the government to, to come in and take it over and provide universal health care and give us Medicare for all so we don't have these doctors and these health insurance companies just trying to make a buck. Uh, 
Could you sort of enlighten some people out there? Obviously, a lot of listeners of this program are going to be a little more aware of the reality of things, but what were things like prior to the HMO PPO system that it was, in fact, the government that, that brought those in that created the tax exemptions that tied uh, tied insurance into your place of work and that sort of thing? Can you sort of describe how it was not the free market in any way that led us to this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the difference in a, in a normal world, if you've got a computer and it becomes outdated, you throw it out and you get a new one, you know, or a newer version of it. But with government programs, they never throw out the original program. They just keep tweaking the heck out of it to the point where it looks like Frankenstein's monster. And so for health insurance, it's no different. And again, this was even before my time in the business, but, you know, way back in the early years, and then as they drifted into World War II, and then there were problems with wages, and they were putting uh, wage and cost controls in when Nixon was in, and all different things that happened economically or that the government tried to react to issues. And one of the things they kept doing was they kept building up this whole insurance world just almost by default. And one of the things that happened during the early years was you couldn't give people raises, but you could create tax write-offs for the company. And one of the ones they decided was they would give people medical benefits at work, and then they could write that off as a company expense. But what they didn't realize was it kind of built a, a kind of a black market so to speak, around the way insurance suddenly operated because it was kind of tied to work and tax write-offs and this whole little cottage industry built up around that. And then it also tied people to that job because if I got my health care from work, I don't want to get fired or quit or I can't move here or do this or whatever. But if I'm just own my car outright, I can go switch jobs any day because I own my car. But if my own, if my boss owned my car, I'm kind of stuck working there. And and that's making a very simplistic example of this. But you know, it's kind of how this thing really came to fruition to end up where we are today. And it's become so involved. So the way we're working it is instead of tweaking anymore, we're telling everybody, look, there's a doctor in town who doesn't work at the Mayo Clinic or at the, you know. Uh, Cleveland Clinic or whatever it is. There's a, a doctor who's got his own office and her own office, and you just pay them money and they will be your doctor. So we've built a system around trying to help patronize that type of doctor and undermine and therefore suck the patients away from the place like the Cleveland Clinic as an example. Now they may still end up using the clinic because like my doctor's over there, but instead of like using the Cleveland Clinic to go get an MRI for $4,000, I'll go over here to this place across the street that's $390. I'm not going to be an enabler of this highway robbery operation. I'm going to go support the free market over here. And as you and I have been experiencing over these years, more and more people have suddenly realized, you know what? If I turn my back and don't look at the government or big companies as my solution, and I turn the other way and go, wow, there's microbreweries and people that make pottery by hand, and there's people that make clothes. And lo and behold, there are a bunch of people in the free market. I just didn't know they were out there because I was so busy thinking that health insurance was the only way and the only thing I was allowed to do. Wait, so I just want to be clear. Are there actually clinics with that much of a price difference for an MRI? I mean, are those like real numbers you're tossing out? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a couple of really great examples. And we'll pillory the Cleveland Clinic for a minute because I'm here and they're pretty high profile. They do uh, MRI. Now, if you're envision this, you're a doctor and you're, you're fresh out of college and you're working at the Cleveland Clinic and you're getting your little salary. And really what you don't realize is you're just a feeder source because all your job all day is to order this test or that MRI or whatever, which is making a fortune for the clinic. 
you're getting your little salaries, a greeter at the front door at Walmart and, and directing everybody down the aisle where the expensive lawnmower equipment is kind of a thing. And lo and behold, you're not obligated to get an MRI there just because your doctor is there. You don't have to go to the Cleveland Clinic's MRI department to get the MRI. Now, you might want that doctor, you definitely want that doctor to read these results because that's your doctor. But in this town, there is a place, and, and just to give you an idea, the MRIs, and this is a little while ago, so I don't know how current these figures are, but pretty close. From about $1,800 to $4,000, if you were going to pay cash for the Cleveland Clinic for an MRI, that's what it would cost. You can go to another place. It's a freestanding in like a little strip mall center, and they can do 95% of the identical tests, and they'll send the results to the doctor at the clinic for 395 bucks all day, every day. Wow. So why in the world? And then you have to wonder if all of the people working with us typically go spend only 390 for an MRI and everybody else that's in Blue Cross is spending 2500 how soon do you think the Blue Cross has to start raising their monthly premium costs? So our goal is to do twofold. We want the person to get the most quality care possible, period, the best on the planet, but for the best price. But when you're in a locked-in environment, like if you go to Disney World and you can't figure out why all the hot dogs are $8 and Cokes are 12 bucks, yeah, because they've got you locked inside that place and you can't go outside to a regular gas station or 7-Eleven and get it cheap. They're going to charge you high prices because they've got you captive. And that's what we're telling everybody. You don't need to be captive. You already have the ability and are able to escape because there's plenty that want to help you. Here, here's another little simple example, too. There's a, The Cleveland Clinic concerns a lot of surgeries, knee replacements, hip replacements, that type of thing. Well, there's a well-known guy, Dr. Keith Smith. Yep, he's owns, been a past guest on the show as well. I, I would think, imagine so, to, uh, of course. Yeah, I'll link and to his he, interview in the show notes. Yeah, and he's fantastic. And he's a surgical, he's the first guy to publish prices. He started the Surgical Center of Oklahoma and they published their prices like right out there, like McDonald's with a menu board. Knee surgery, X amount of dollars. Out the door, everything included. Well, he is literally one tenth, and I'm not making this up, Mark, one tenth of the price of the Cleveland Clinic on every single surgery that the two of them do in, in tandem. Wow. One tenth. And he's going to give you better quality because it's a smaller move more boutique they're more like hands-on than when you go to the clinic and then you think you're like some massive you know production facility over there type of thing and it's like next next you know that type of thing so and, and that is all because he better. chooses to operate com just completely outside of that government payment structure of that yep. insurance structure he just cuts yep. that much cost out of this out of the way because there's that much red tape in it and here's the greatest question of all, Mark. They all go, so what's wrong with what's going on over your clinic there, Keith, that your prices are so low? <laughs> Who are you killing over there? That you <laughs> yeah, and it, it is like, you know what? You're asking the wrong question because I'm what it actually costs. What are those other guys charging you there for? Right. If I'm the real cost, I when you peel the onion all the way back, I'm exactly what it costs a penny, and I'm one-tenth the price. What does that tell you that they're doing to you? Right. So that is the difference. Yeah, it's amazing. But when it's a when it's a completely opaque market, when no one can see, I tell you, see, you can't hide the price of gas. I pulled to the corner. I see four stations at once. I see the market right before my eyes. But if I go to the Cleveland Clinic and say, well, how much is this knee surgery? They go, what insurance have you got? 
What's your copay? What's your deductible? I mean, I don't have any, they, they, don't, they themselves half the time don't know what any of this stuff costs. Well, sure. I mean, I, I got an MRI recently and, and just, you know, and full disclosure, I, I used to use uh, your services and the health sharing. And the only reason I don't now, and we'll talk about this more, uh, it's, it's not going to be for everybody, for everybody's situation. The only reason I don't now is I came in a situation where I have a company who's paying for my insurance pretty much entirely. So it makes sense for me to just be on their plan. Uh, but I, I still think in this mindset and I had to go for an MRI a couple weeks ago, and I literally just could not even find out what it would cost. Uh, I knew how much my deductible could could end up hitting. Um, I knew what percentage of the theoretical cost I could pay, but I, I'm just talking about what it costs, not even what not even what I pay. I could not find a price for what that MRI just cost. Like I could not find a price tag, no matter who I seem to ask, and that that just seems so mind blowing to me because there is just no other industry like that. There is no other industry where you can beg and plead and ask a million people for the price. Any other industry, everyone's trying to tell you the price. Everyone's trying to tell you that their price is lower. Their price is lower. And that is just a completely different mentality uh, in the medical industry because of the, the reasons that you've outlined. Well, especially where they, they list their coding with any of these state departments of insurance. They say, hey, we're going to say this code is uh, $100. But yet if you have the insurance, then you can get it for 75 Well, they've set both prices. So anybody can say, you know, I used to laugh years ago when I was a young kid. I worked at a furniture store, and we sold these couches, or these end tables. They were like $99, okay? But then we put them on sale, and we had a new price tag that said, manufacturer suggested retail $250, but on sale for $98. So it was one buck less than we normally sold it for. But suddenly we're showing this price disparity that like, wow, what a great sale. This thing used to be 200 and some dollars, and now it's only 98 and meanwhile, they were saving a buck, but it was a gimmick, and everyone fell for it. Everyone showed up with that art paper, torn out of the newspaper. They had that big ad of all of our stuff on sale, and they ate those fake price tickets hook, line, and sinker. And that's kind of what they've done in the insurance world. They publish a super high price that no one's going to ever charge and say, hey, but because you've got our insurance, you get to get it at this lower price. So the whole thing is a, a major gimmick, like a magic show. It's, it's terrible. Hey friends, I got to take a quick pause here to tell you about another great libertarian podcast out there. It's called Free Man Beyond the Wall, hosted by the artist formerly known as Mance Raider, now known simply by his real name of Pete Raymond. And I got to tell you, Pete is a machine. This guy brings you a new episode of his own every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and he has done some absolutely fantastic in-depth interviews. He's had on everybody from Ron Paul to Thaddeus Russell to Phil Labonte, the lead singer of All That Remains, a very diverse group of guests, not always libertarians. He also did a great show with a Washington, D.C., insider lobbyist revealing a lot of the dirt that goes on behind the scenes in DC. He has done so many interviews that I have just said, darn, I wish I did this one myself. So I really do want to highly recommend checking out Freeman Beyond the Wall. You can find it over at freemanbeyondthewall.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and all those fancy podcatchers out there. 
Uh, Jeff, I want to talk a little bit more about exactly, like I just mentioned a minute ago, who is this for? Not everybody is going to be in the situation where it makes sense for them to go uh, with something like Health, Health Excellence Plus. But I think for people that are sort of in the middle there, in the middle class, so to speak, they're not making a little enough money to get major Obamacare subsidies, but they also might not have that kind of insurance that I have or a company just pays for it or, or that kind of thing. So who exactly is this for and how does it actually work to the extent that it can replace and actually, like we're going to talk about, become a much better experience than dealing with a, a standard insurance. Well, you're right about that. I mean, if, if somebody's got very, very, very chronic illnesses, you know, they're in the middle of cancer treatments or something really super severe, th this is not going to be for them because in our first year, we don't really do much in the way of assistance on people with a pre-existing condition of that caliber. So for sure on that, anybody that's very low income or where they've been traditionally getting a subsidy and my prices are anywhere from like half to one third to, you know, three quarters less than health insurance. But if you can get a subsidy that can bring your premium down a couple, 10, 15, $20 a month, then you should do that for sure. And just like you described, I mean, you may love what we're doing here, but if somebody's willing to pay the full freight for you to be a member in their policy and I'm maybe cheap to you, maybe 200 bucks a month, but suddenly you can start getting it as a part of work. Well, then you should do that too, because again, you want to try to earn as much money as, for yourself as possible. But everybody else, anyone that's working for themselves or in any kind of a business environment where they're a small business, you know, 50 employees or less or anything of that nature, they're going to be exposed to the most, most egregious high insurance premiums and super high deductibles. So those kind of people, we can save them tens of thousands. We just switched the company. We saved them over 150000 a year in premium cost just by making a simple change and to a program that's far better than what they've got already because here's where the differences lie. Normal insurance is designed around disaster. I tell everybody it's kind of like the spare tire in your car. You only take it out if you're having a heart attack, a broken leg, cancer. In other words, something really bad is happening. Right. And just like I said, you're not getting your homeowners to cut the grass. You're not buying this expensive health insurance so that I can get the annual little checkup or maybe get a little flu shot or any of those types of things. So what we've done is by utilizing medical cost sharing, we're able to take care of all those major ticket items, but at a much lower price point. But then we got much stronger on the what you will be doing. So you're going to have a, an available doctor 24 hours a day to phone or Skype type of thing, which is highly used. Some people take medications, and so the domestic uh, prescription area is very costly. So we're able to get domestic meds at the best prices, do market shopping. You know, one day Walgreens is cheap, and the next day CVS is half the price for the same medication. So we give you a personal concierge that you can call to help you personally find all this stuff. You just assign them the task, and they'll do it. They'll find you that cheaper MRI we were talking about a minute ago or that better place to get that surgery or find you a medication that you might need to get from Mexico or New Zealand or some other country that's going to be far cheaper than anywhere here. And then again, like I said, you'll have that 24-hour doctor. And another very important feature is that you're going to have your own medical vault. And so that means that all your medical records are with you at all times. And they're tied to a patented QR code that you have on your membership card that's on your key fob and in your wallet that can be read by first responders. So if you're at the emergency room or in an accident unconscious, they can scan that and know exactly what they need to do with you. So those are all like the, the realities of your health world. And then 
very importantly is the idea of avoidance because even when I was well before I was doing this and that you would talk to people about you know health insurance and they want to say well what if I have a heart attack and I'd always say well let me ask you a question would you rather have the heart attack or would you avoid the heart attack and it was oh I'd rather avoid it so what we've done also is built in a very elaborate wellness aspect of this that can actually figure out where the quality of your health is today and where you're kind of coming off the rails and, and to see that in a couple of years you're going to become type 2 diabetic or something. So you can start reacting to that now because normal health insurance doesn't do anything until after you've become ill. It's kind of like the cops. They show up uh, after yeah, the crime and take some exactly. notes, but they're not saving your your TV from being stolen. <laughs> yeah, so you, but by the same token, I need them because I need them to chase the person down or whatever, but the same token here, I need the Blue Cross because what if I did everything right? I exercised and whatever I was to do, and somehow I still managed to have the heart attack. Sure. Okay, then I need that to be there. But most people, and having been at this 30 years, you know, you watch the news, you think everybody's sick all day long. Out of everybody I ever sold policies to, maybe 5% were having anything to do with them. Most people, one time I broke a leg, three years later something happened, or, you know, I don't do anything. I just get a checkup or some, I don't do anything at all. I've been so busy, you know, selling homes as a real estate agent. I haven't been to the doctor in two years, yet they're paying every month a fortune and they're doing nothing to avoid or improve the quality of their health. They're just waiting for the day when they finally have that incident and then they'll be glad they've got that insurance. So the whole thing is perverted from the consumer standpoint too. And so we were able to kind of address that in the same way. And it's more effective because you're going to stay healthier, which guess what? Then you're going to have less incidents happen, which means you're going to be making less stresses on us financially, which means that the cost monthly stays down low. And one nice thing, and we didn't mention this, Mark, but here's where a lot of people appreciate this. If you're a business owner and you have your list of 20 expenses, rent, electric bill, you know, all the whole little list, and then there's health care, that's the only item on your list that's not static. That's going up crazy from one year to the next. How can you run a business? How can you run your life? With us, we've not changed prices in years. Oh, I can attest to that because I've been seeing these prices for years, and they, un unlike health insurance, they have not gone up. We have not been changing our prices in years, so you can have a life. I've had people that switch from one thing to us and go, you, you just gave me a $1,000 a month raise. I'm going to pay down my mortgage. I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to be able to do all kinds of stuff. But I was fearful to do anything because whatever I spend this year, I'm going to even spend more next year on that stupid stuff. And here you've helped me get stability in my life. I think that's such an important aspect to emphasize. And we often forget this uh, when talking about things in financial terms is that money is time. Money is our life. Money is our freedom. And when and, and luckily, I'm not in a situation where I have four kids and, and a wife to buy health insurance for and don't have a job that's paying for it. There are a lot of people, including many people that are listening to the show that are in that situation. And to them, that health insurance is such a huge chunk of money, but more importantly, it's such a huge chunk of their time. The government's taking 30% of their time, and then sometimes they have to spend another 20 to 30% of their time just buying health insurance that they are now required to purchase. And a lot of times, like you said, even at that point, they have the super high deductible depending on you know their income or whatever other factors there are. So they have to pay this huge amount of money out of pocket and then don't even get the benefit unless they have essentially a true, true horrific emergency that would justify that level of expenditure. So it really is an awful system. And anything we can do to try to get the prices down um, for everybody overall, uh, not just individuals, but I really, you know, our, our economy at, at large needs to really shift to a point where technology and free markets are able to bring the cost 
costs down for everyone. So I think little things like this, like what you guys are doing, it's certainly not a little thing, but um, on a smaller scale than many people are aware of, the more and more we can build this up and show people that there is another way, show people that you can actually have better care at lower costs if we just get rid of these middlemen. Uh, I think it's just a, a very important thing that we're doing here. Well, it is. And I'll tell you one good way to look at it is a, an analogy a lot of people can readily understand is what's happened with Uber. Because, you know, you know, why was there a need for Uber? I mean, we had all these taxi companies everywhere you went. There's buses and trolley cars and taxis up the wing-wing at the airport. And yet somehow Uber showed up and, you know, there wasn't much happening with it to begin with. But lo and behold, people started to use it more readily because, what, it was more convenient. It was more customizable. On average, it was cheaper. And as people started to utilize it more, guess what happened? The cab companies started to moan and groan. And they tried to use government to thwart Uber from being in there. Well, what's that telling you? Uber must be good because these other guys are trying to keep them away because they're obviously good competition. So we're saying the same thing. If you go to the buy local, if you try to buy you know, American-made, you know, that type of mentality, if you're keeping the money in the right community, as it were, and here the right community is me, I'm a personal consumer. I might get sick one day, and I'm going to need a high-quality doctor waiting there to take care of me. And if I go support a bunch of doctors that treat me like you know cattle, what am I going to expect when I really need something and the chips are down? And if it's as bad as that is right now, and these types of things don't tend to get better, what kind of a medical thing are your kids going to be getting in, engaged in? It's going to be pretty horrible. So you know, we need to support the doctors that are trying to support us. Those people that decide to become a cash-only doctor, like a direct primary care physician or somebody of that ilk, they care about the patients the most because they have to do more work. I assure you, if you're a doctor, nine to five, you know that's a simple process. But when you own your own practice, that's 24-7. So they really have a much more on their hands responsibility-wise, but they're doing it because they know they can be a better doctor. And that's the kind of doctor you want to go to in the first place. And the more you patronize doctors like that, and, and we're helping support that facilitation, we take back control of the market ourselves. Why we keep thinking we need to look to the government to fix our health care. I never call them up to fix my cell phone or the way I buy my gasoline. But somehow when it comes to my health care, God, I know everybody down there in Washington, those 430-some-odd people in Congress, they're way smarter than me. Right. They can make all my decisions for me because I know they're brilliant. I hear them talk on TV all the time. They make a lot of sense and they sound like masterminds, don't they? They're masterminds, all right. They're masterminds of something. <laughs> well, the libertarian joke is that only the government could break both of your legs and then hand you a crutch and say, see, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be able to walk. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what they've done. And we're just trying to make it more obvious. So we've been able, I'll tell you, the luxury has been the fact that the industry has gotten so costly and, and, and hurt everybody so badly. They've hurt consumers with pricing and restriction. They've hurt doctors by limiting their options and by lowering their reimbursements. That The doctors and the people I've said are now trying to re meet around behind the barn and say, can't just the two of us get together for a change and tell all these other knuckleheads to take a hike? And we're trying to make that happen. So that's why I'm on here with you and others that I'm chatting with and having webinars and sessions with and so on. They're all just separate people. Some are surgery centers, some are doctors, we're facilitators for payment and so on. So we're all getting together for a change and creating our own free market cartel for a change as opposed to the medical cartel that exists today. And we're just encouraging all of you and your listeners to want to come over and help engage in what we're doing, help grow this market. 
and help further. You personally help take control of the market. Sure. And I know you've worked with a lot of uh, past guests on the show. I know Dr. Kyle Varner has worked with you guys. Uh, like we mentioned, Dr. Keith Smith, um, Dr. Lena George, I believe, was involved with you at, at one point. So we've got a lot of these people that are coming together uh, for this similar cause, people that have been on the ground in this industry and seen how the government interventions have affected things and know that just bringing a little bit more of a free market, a little bit more individual freedom and choice can just drastically change things uh, for the better. So I'm glad to have you on to discuss how you guys at Health Excellence Plus have been a part of that. Uh, Jeff, before I let you go, why don't you just give a little roundup? Obviously, people can go at the link, our sponsor link over at lionsofliberty.com slash health. Um, please let everybody know any other ways they can find out more information about what you guys are doing. And I know you guys have regular web webinars that are going on as well. So feel free to uh, you know name that. And anything else you've got coming on, any other projects that you're working on, feel free to plug away. Sure. I would tell them that they could just reach out to me too, because as you'll see on your site, which you've got a lot of good information, and also you've got a link to go into one of our little video funnels that gives you a chance to learn more about the program. There's some great little Prager U video in there about how health, health insurance works and the fallacies of it. So it really kind of helps people understand the ecosystem besides just this being a, a physical thing to buy to go get some healthcare taken care of. We want you to understand you need to be a knowledgeable consumer out there. So that to us is as important as just having a tool to go see a doctor visit. So we're really about that. So I would tell you, you're going to want to go through Mark's material. I've published on there. We've made a relationship because we've spent so much time together that I have my personal phone number in there. So you can certainly call me and I'll, I'll give it to you verbally. It's 440-283-6849. And I'll give you some personalized treatment here since you're involved with Mark. And, uh, and then at the same time, any webinars we've got coming up, you're going to want to be in touch with me similarly, and we'll kind of have a modified schedule that's kind of changing and evolving, and we're going to bring out a much more broad-based one after the holidays. So I'm going to be with Mark, and we'll publish that and get that out there for everybody to participate in, because our luxury is we don't cut off at the end of open enrollment. Our program is year-round. You can sign up for us anytime, any month that you wish, and so we're going to be having all of us collectively push very hard after open enrollment and in the new year for the people that didn't get to hear this broadcast and your family and friends and businesses that didn't to make them aware that this is an option and they can ditch whatever they bought right now and switch over to us in January or February. Whenever you reach out to them, we're going to want to help them join the free market for healthcare. All right, Jeff Cantor of Health Excellence Plus. Again, be sure to check out lionsofliberty.com slash health for more info. Jeff, keep up the great work. Again, appreciate everything you guys are doing out there to bring us a little bit of a freer market, at least in this one very important area. So keep up that great work and keep on roaring. Well, I appreciate that. And you similarly, I mean, you're doing a lot of great job of exposing people, all these great ideas and letting a lot of people find out about all the various aspects of freedom in America. So my hat's off to you, Mark, as well. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Take care. My pleasure. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeff Cantor. Again, this conversation was done at the request of many people over in the Lions of Liberty Forum, people who wanted to know more about this program, Health Excellence Plus. And I also knew Jeff just had such an extensive knowledge after knowing him for many years about the insurance industry, about the reasons that insurance and medical costs are so high. So I thought I could bring you a good bit of information as well. So I hope you got out of it everything that you wanted and I hope this is the kind of thing that you can share 
with your family and friends. That's why I bring people on who are experts in their field, especially in the medical industry, uh, like Dr. Kyle Varner, like Dr. Josh Umber, like Dr. Elena George, like Dr. Keith Smith. I will link to all those interviews I just mentioned. I just gave myself some more work for today's show notes, which you can find over at lionsofliberty.com slash 378, this being the 378th episode of this, the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon and join the Lions of Liberty pride for as little as $5 per month. You can get access to all sorts of bonus audio content, including the League of Liberty podcast, which we recently just did a new episode of with Roger Paxson of the Lava Flow, Chris Spengel of We Are Libertarians, and our good friend Johnny Rocket Adams of Launchpad Media of Blast Off with Johnny Rocket and Raylene. Always have a good time with them and uh, we really had fun on the last episode took a few questions from lions of liberty pride members and of course the video is available for anyone who pledges ten dollars a month or higher over on patreon we do videos of our league of liberty shows uh, all of our roundtables, libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor the halloween special you got to see a behind the scenes look at that um, as well as the blast off special the thanksgiving special with johnny and raylene all that video content if you pledge ten dollars a higher over on patreon let me tell you, uh, there is some hilarious, hilarious behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on, as you can imagine, uh, including last week on League of Liberty, we had Roger, uh, well, Roger's doing some weird stuff on the camera, that's all I'm going to say, you're going to have to pledge to at least one of our shows to find out exactly what that is, but just a ton of content on our Patreon, and the best part is, you get to help us grow this show and make this thing even bigger, after five years of podcasting, we are really hitting our stride, I think, better than ever before, and it is in no small thanks to to our patrons, enabling us to do so much more content, uh, including video content, and able to get audio on the scenes at Porkfest, at the Libertarian National Convention. This is all thanks to our supporters on Patreon, so please do check that out. Please do check out my man Brian McWilliams this coming Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land, your weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty. And please do wrap things up with John Odermatt this coming Friday and every Friday as he brings you a weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on felony friday until next time folks live long and live free